Hello. Oh no, what have we done? What have we done? Oh no, what have we done? We've made over 180 episodes of a Star Trek podcast. Uh, all right, I'm going to get the gun. <laughs> it's okay, I got you, boy. <laughs> and I can tend the rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, of course you can, Lenny. The rabbits will love you. <laughs> Just close your eyes, Lenny. So, yeah. Think of the rabbits, Lenny. Think of the rabbits. Think Lenny wanted to fuck a rabbit? No. What about Jessica Rabbit? Yes. <laughs> Joke's on you. That story was told before Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Was it? The Mice and Men? Yeah, believe oh, it or yeah, not. It I was, guess it was. It was yeah. written like uh, 80 years before or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, yo. Yeah. Yo, how's, uh, how's it hanging? Your penis? Uh, pretty good. That's all you got? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, everything's everything's uh, returning back to normal down there after my vasectomy. So I mean, I hope your penis wasn't affected. No. You're not supposed to touch your penis for the procedure. It's your balls. Oh, what? <laughs> Did you get a circumcision again? Yeah, he circumcised it even more. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he said uh, just a little more skin for daddy. Yeah, he actually uh, gave it. Yeah, he, he, he put the he put it made it so it has wings now. <laughs> <laughs> With Tony Shalhoub. Yeah. Uh, and Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah, he took what foreskin remained and went inflated out, so it looks like one of those like um, the spitting uh, dinosaur from Jurassic Park. <laughs> 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 Sounds like it too when you take a piss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. a sprinkler. <laughs> yeah, he put like he put like a little other piece of skin right there, so it goes <laughs> spins around. It spins around. He goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, waters the whole bathroom. <laughs> yeah, you know, just I just like, <laughs> I just gotta go. Uh, you know, water the bathroom. You know what I mean. <laughs> I just got to go one. I, just, uh, I got to go stand in the bathtub to do it now. I, <laughs> I don't have any control of where it goes. <laughs> so, uh, hey, I'm going to go pee in your tub. <laughs> yeah. I, I, hey, you got a place with a floor drain? <laughs> oh, no bathtub, huh? Well, I'm going to have to set up this tarp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is my piss tarp. It's with a piss tent. <laughs> that vasectomy guy, he really did a number down there. <laughs> I got the I got the spitting dinosaur from the Jurassic Park down there now. The spits is acidic black goo. <laughs> I thought it was tar at first, but no. I just don't know what it is. I have no it, 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 <laughs> doctors it, don't know either. It melts it melts uh, Newman's face. Um, <laughs> it just <laughs> does something. I don't know what. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna need that tarp. I'd like my dick to melt Newman's face, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Yeah. Paul Newman's own cookies. <laughs> Getting them to sauce that scrawled. Mm-hmm. Double <laughs> stuffing those cookies, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hells yeah. Yeah, like Oreos, but Newman, with my sperm. Newman's brand encompasses a lot of different foods. They do. Yeah. Yeah, what's your what's your favorite Newman's own? I definitely like the the fake ass Oreos that he makes. Those yeah, those are, are pretty good. good. The, yeah. the salad dressings are all pretty good, I think. Yeah, salad dressings are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, yeah, I guess he does a good job there. Yeah, I don't love the pizzas. I don't yeah, like I the frozen know, pizzas. Had They're those. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I I hesitate to buy them um, because they give to charity. Mm. And the removing the the profit motive from food mm-hmm. doesn't sit well with me. Mm. You know. I can see that. 
Yeah. <laughs> I like to know my food like only leads to exploitation of others. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm like, this just doesn't taste right. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I feel like no one, no one's suffering, enough, right. or at least suffering enough for me mm-hmm. to eat this. Right. <laughs> gotta gotta get that suffer pizza. Mm-hmm. Speaking of suffering, uh, what are what are we watching today? Part we are um we uh if you haven't listened to our first part of this episode past tense part one go back and listen to that because otherwise the context to this might not make nearly as much sense yeah unless you're familiar with the uh the episodes right right and you, which you, i'm guessing pete most people are you know if you listen to this podcast <laughs> you're probably deep into dumb horny trek lore so you you, you might already have a handle on this one mm-hmm. But then again, why do you listen to this podcast? We're preaching to the choir. Hell yeah. You just want all of your ideas reinforced. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And you want to think we're your friends. Well, I got news to you on both fronts. We are your friends. We are your friends. And you're you're right about everything. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. This is just showing that you're smart, you're beautiful, and we love you. Yeah. And if you're especially smart and beautiful, you'll go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbidiotbs and sign up for any of the tiers. And you can even get on there for free. You can be a free member. Yeah. Free member. Yeah, free member. You uh, can vote. You can uh, you, just like you know democracy. You can vote for free. Mm-hmm, vote yeah. for what we watch. Yeah, we don't have no poll tax up in here. No poll tax. No, we're, we don't have any. Yeah, any of that bullshit. You just got to register, and you can vote for all the for all sorts of different things, and mm-hmm. make us watch you know things that have no relation to Trek at all. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Kind of like The Captains by William Shatner. <laughs> yeah, which has nothing to do with Trek at all. No, it has everything to do with William Shatner needing to be a big baby. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's fun. Everyone kisses butthole. Mm-hmm. Pucker up. <laughs> yeah, pucker up. Here um, comes the kiss. You're, the kiss it, of death. Gene Simmons and kiss. <laughs> he just has like a really long tongue in his butthole. <laughs> 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 That's that's probably how your uh, your penis looks with the spitter thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a forked tongue. I don't know how they did it. Yeah, tongue comes out too. <laughs> I'm, I'm discovering new things, and it has retractable um, um a retractable mouth, just like the aliens. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Sounds hot. <laughs> yeah, another uh, like another dick comes out of the hole. Yeah. Mm, keep going. I'm almost <laughs> finished. Keep going. I'm almost finished. <laughs> Mm. Um, so yeah, this is a second part of past tense, uh, which makes it the, uh, the gosh, the, uh, the, the 12th episode of the third season mm-hmm. of DS nine. Uh, this one, uh, was, has the teleplay by Iris Stephen bear mm. and Renee Eshavara, uh, who wrote 41 episodes of Trek Wow. Including 18 of TNG, including True Q and I Borg. Mm. And uh, Lower Decks, that episode as well. Oh, nice. Uh, and 23 episodes of DS9, including Trials and Tribulations. Oh, hells yeah. Statistical Probabilities, the the Bashir one, and Behind the Lines, mm. which is a great episode. Well, that's one thing I, we forgot to mention in the Captain's review. Is it's like It does show that scene when he's talking to Avery Brooks, like mm-hmm. the scene from Trials and Tribulations, right. where he's where uh, uh, Captain Sisko is very excited to meet Captain Kirk. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and the digitally enhanced Captain Kirk. Yeah, and, and it's just funny to watch that juxtaposition of just like, 
of Cisco's like reverence for Captain Kirk and then like his absolute disdain for him mm-hmm. <laughs> for Avery Brooks's disdain for William Shatner. We fucking love to see it. We love to see it. We love to see it. <laughs> um yeah, and then this episode is directed by none other than our boy Jonathan Frakes. Say what? Directed by Riker. Riker's all up in this one. Yeah, me too. Me too, because this is a consequential episode, and it's it's maybe well, maybe his best episode of Star Trek that he's directed. Mm, probably. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a great Star Trek director, and he has great episodes, but this one I think is the most impactful, the one that sticks with me the most. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just really fucking good, bud. Yeah. Yeah. Bud. Bud. Uh, so you want to jump right into the episode? Let's jump right on in. Let's dive in All right. into the shallow waters. Hell yeah. Break our necks and into then the live key. the rest of our lives in a wheelchair. That's how my great grandpa died, dude. Is it really? Yeah. He dived into a, a shallow pool? A uh, lake. Wow. Broke his neck. Damn. Or hit his head or something. Wow. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Wow. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he took the funny way out. Yeah. Was, uh, this, was this in Alaska? No, nah, this was in, I don't know, maybe Poland or Pennsylvania. I'm not sure. Mm. I'm not sure where it was. So, um, after moving the hostages into the district processing center, Biddle Coleridge, uh, the leader of the gang from the last episode, tells yeah. his friends to shoot any hostage that moves. <laughs> Uh, now posing as the deceased Gabriel Bell, mm-hmm. Cisco takes control of the hostage situation in the Sanctuary District by convincing Coleridge that they need the hostages alive as a bargaining chip. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vin, the guard from the last episode, played by uh, Dick... Dick Miller. Dick Miller. Uh, God, imagine having your dick milled. <laughs> that would be so painful. I, I need it now that it has... It spits viscous <laughs> <Miscus> black <laughs> goo. <laughs> It's turning against me. Every time I go, every time I take a piss, I have to fight it. I have to overpower it. I'm just like, stop! Oh my god! Um, so Dick, Dick Miller, uh, or Vin, suddenly bursts into the room holding a gun. Uh, Biddle Coleridge is about to shoot him when Cisco tackles Vin against a wall. In the chaos, a shot is accidentally fired, and Bashir calms down a frightened. Lee, who is uh, the lady at the processing center from the last episode. Mm-hmm. Coleridge wants an access code to what he calls the net. It's got to be the internet. Yeah. Then uh, this is why we have to support uh, internet neutrality, people. Mm-hmm. Net neutrality. Otherwise, we get stuff like this where we have to pay for access to the net and we have mm-hmm. to get like an access chip and shit. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he tries to get the access code from Vin. Uh, but Bernardo, the other guard held hostage, agrees to help him to calm Coleridge down and give him access, uh, just wanting to get home and see his wife and two children. Mm-hmm. Cisco and Bashir start using benches to block some windows. Bashir expresses his concern about Cisco posing as Gabriel Bell because Bell historically died when guards stormed the building. Mm-hmm. Cisco says that he is not Bell, but everyone will treat him like he is. Mm-hmm. Bashir reminds him that he and Cisco are the only two that know this. Yeah. So if they die, shit's all fucked. Shit's all fucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and this is, and then I'm sure you know, and I, you know, you gotta feel for Cisco at this point because it's like you know, you know, Cisco has some 
knowledge of this event mm-hmm. but it's just like he has no idea like every single action gabriel bill took mm, that's and, true and yeah. during during this so situation, he's playing it like jazz baby. yeah he's just like yeah he has to be like you know kind of like yeah almost be uh you know do uh you know just try to like do the best guess mm-hmm. for it's gabriel like, oh yeah jazz is all about the cops that you don't kill <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah all he knows is that everyone survives so it's just like but you know, who knows what other, th- you know, other actions he could take that could possibly affect it in any sort of right, way. So like he like he takes a really like heinous, heinous dump in the bathroom <laughs> and it, like irrevocably changes history because like it people kill, ki- it kills somebody. Yeah, it kills a guard. <laughs> <laughs> it kills Vin. He's, he comes in. He's like, oh, no, <laughs> oh, no, my horde. <laughs> they ain't ready for those 24th century shits. <laughs> <laughs> what do you eat? God damn. <laughs> it smells like death. Yeah. This, it's coming for me. But yeah, it's, it's, that's how it's, you have to wonder. It's because, you know, I'm sure like a lot of our, you know, American history is seen through the lens of the victors and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's oh, just yeah. like. So it's just like, you know, and, and Gabriel Bell has probably achieved some sort of like, you know, um, heightened status. Legendary yeah, status. Yeah, legendary status. So it's just like, you know, and where a lot of like historical figures were, you know, in real life, pretty complex, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, not everything they did was right. And it's right. Just like, um, so it's just like, yeah, it's just like kind of like kind of going by his his legend almost in a way, you know, and. You know, and also trying to uphold like what actually happened. It's just, right, like, it, right. It has to be like a lot of his own interpretation. And mm-hmm. So it's and, like yeah. this is like uh, if you like went back in time and like suddenly you're John Wilkes Booth. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to figure out how to, how you get to kill Lincoln, and yeah. then you're like, why why do I want to do this? Or John Brown, probably. You know, and it's just like you mm. know, just like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just like oh god, what am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah, kind of good old John Brown. We love John Brown. Mm-hmm. Do it, do it, John Brown, folks. Do and John. by that, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but also, yeah. Also, yes. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> most senators, <laughs> yeah. most of them, most of them. But yeah. But yeah, like uh, it's it's hard to say what. Yeah, but it's it's, it's great that uh, you know. You know, spoiler, it does come out the way it intends. But yeah, it's 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 a very. I would imagine it would be a very stressful situation. Yeah, going back in time in general. And having uh, to, yeah. Like, I mean, w- would you rather go back in time to, like, make sure a riot happens or to uh, play guitar so good that your your dad comes in your mom? God, if anything, like, I, would, like I, would try to play the, I would try to play the guitar bad enough so, my, so he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you pick up the guitar and you just disappear completely and I'm the like, guitar yes! falls to the stage. <laughs> yeah. I have like a picture of myself on the guitar that yeah. I, and that I'm and I'm playing and I have to play it like a really bad song and mm-hmm. then like I just see myself slowly fading and my hand fading I'm like, <gasps> yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just disappear on stage and everyone just like starts screaming. <laughs> There's a guy in the corner with a phone. He's like, uh, oh, man, uh, fucking 1,000 Gex, you need to hear this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 1,000 Gex. This is the sound you're looking for. <laughs> He's like, oh, my God. Yeah, actually, it's a, pic- yeah, it's a picture of me and my two brothers, and I watch my youngest brother disappear first, and then the middle brother, and then finally me. Mm. Like, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, and as your brothers disappear, the picture becomes increasingly stained in semen. <laughs> <laughs> You're like... Smells like me. Smells like me. <laughs> Not Nemo. <laughs> <laughs>
so uh opening credits 445 pretty Mm -hmm. pretty long but we also had a last time on oh yeah last time on so we come back from credits and michael webb the dad uh from the last episode with the hurt son who bashir helped um is bent on organizing the sanctuary district and arrives and cisco introduces him to biddle Mm -hmm. um do you think that's that's a take on like Travis Biddle from from Taxi Driver? Maybe. I didn't think about that until now. It's all right to be a little bitty in a hometown or a big old city. Little Biddle. Yeah, it's, it's okay to be a little Biddle. In a siddle. In a hometown or a little siddle. Siddle. Sure. <laughs> um. Might as well share. Might as well love. Might as well. So Cisco enlists uh, <laughs> Michael Webb's help to recruit gimmies um, as people who he trusts to guard the hostages and watch over the volatile ghosts as well. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Dax sees news coverage of the event at Chris Brenner's apartment and realizes she must get to the district to help save Cisco and Bashir despite Brenner's insistence she could be hurt. I thought he got her a hotel room. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe they... Uh, maybe they fucking... Yeah, I think that I think that was his intention. Like, mm-hmm. why don't I get you a hotel room? Right, right. <laughs> He's like, oh, concierge, two keys. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> people, you know, the doorman, he shouldn't know your face. Yeah. <laughs> not in my place, at least. Not in my place. Um. So, uh, Jedzia Dax uh, realizes she must get to the district and save Bashir and Cisco, despite. Brenner's insistence that she could be hurt. Oh, Mm -hmm. boo-hoo. On the USS Defiant, Kira and Miles uh, have narrowed the possible time periods to ten possible time periods, but due to the limited number of chroniton particles they have, a finite number of trips can be made, Mm -hmm. and they don't have enough to cover all ten time frames. Kira feels ridiculous that she has to wear a bandage on her nose to disguise her Bajoran heritage in the past Earth. Yeah. And O'Brien advises her to say nothing and let him do all the talking. Typical man stuff. Well, I, also, I also wondered if that was also because, like, um, whether or not, like, the universal translator would be, like... That's true. ...would That's work true. on people that aren't that. wearing it. Yeah, because, right, like, right. I was like... Because I, I thought that would have been fun if if we got to hear what the Bajoran mm. language sounded like. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it was just like a, a loud screech or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, the first people she encounters, she says something like, this <laughs> is like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Or it, it just sounds like she's insulting them in English. Yeah. Like, fuck, fuck, mother, fuck, <laughs> shit, dick, fuck, fuck. But it's hard to say because, like, you know, we see, like, the Universal Translator seems to work both ways for anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, because like you know when um right. when um when uh Quark and crew go back uh to Roswell, like it shows like you That's know their yeah. their universal translators are off, and but they're able to mess with it and like turn it back on, and then the people can understand them. So it's like mm-hmm. only, I guess only one person needs actually needs the universal translator. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because it like reads and translates brain waves, so it. Mm. I don't know. I don't know how it's supposed to work. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm, I'm, not, I'm no translator scientist, you <laughs> yeah, know? I ain't no translating scientist here. Um, so, on their first attempt, uh, O'Brien and Kira materialize in the mid-20th century 
and can find no evidence of the team's presence. And yeah, it, it seems, seems like, like it, the 1930s, maybe. Yeah, it seems like it's New Year's or something. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. definitely like a fancy black tie event. Uh, yeah. Before they leave, they run into like a flapper couple leaving a party, which makes me think it's like 20s or 30s. Yeah, yeah probably uh, pre-Great Depression. Yeah, and the, but the car makes it look like probably 30s. So yeah. I'm going to guess 30s here. Mm-hmm. Um, the flapper couple leaving a party looks at them and just runs off. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, just smiles at them because they're wearing... The clothes they choose to wear are silly. Are incredibly silly. Like mm-hmm. they don't. They're not. Ta- they, they're not. A, they're not. Um. They don't. They're not. Not from any sort of time in American no, history. No, and they could have replicated anything. They could have replicated anything, but I'm not sure if they even knew what time they were going to. So right. I think they were probably trying to choose the most neutral type clothing they possibly could wear, but it still looks bizarre. Right. Like they should have <laughs> worn. Yeah, just like a black jumpsuit or something. Or you know yeah. what. I feel like, uh, you know, especially if, like, you don't have to go too far back, like a black turtleneck and black pants. Yeah. Is, like, something that you could have worn for the last 120 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't look out of place, I don't think. No. Yeah, even in 1920s, like, it would probably be, like, or 1930s look appropriate in mm-hmm. some way. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, but... Yeah, it's, it's just very funny. They choose the most outlandish. Like, I think, like, O'Brien's wearing, like, a weird vest. Like, they're both wearing vests. They should have both worn, like, kink harnesses, and that's it. <laughs> just been completely nude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like, ah, uh, we don't know where we are. We thought this is bedazoid. <laughs> this isn't bedazoid. Oopsie-daisy. Oopsie, oopsie-doodle. Mm-hmm. So, um, back in the Sanctuary District, Biddle Coleridge is outraged that the Gimmies are guarding the hostages, but Sisko emphasizes the importance of having people they can trust. Mm-hmm. Coleridge tells Sisko and Michael Webb that he intends to trade the hostages for freedom, mm-hmm. for amnesty, for credit ships, and for the ability to go anywhere that they want at any time. Coleridge says he wants to go to Tasmania <laughs> because it's the birthplace of Errol Flynn. Yeah. Like who who now? Who in twenty twenty four is like like lionizing Errol fucking Flynn? B- Biddle Coleridge is Biddle Coleridge. Yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, I, I I did like how they're like I do like this moment where Webb and Cisco are basically trading looks listening to this guy talk because they're just realizing, oh, this guy's a moron. Yeah. Because like they, like like what he's asking for, for one, he's just asking for things for just him and his crew. Yeah, it's not Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, nothing for like the people in the sanctuary district, and the the requests are completely absurd. Like going to Tasmania, mm-hmm. <laughs> just just like a silly. Request. He gonna be the Tasmanian devil, baby. <laughs> that's that's also where Young Einstein was from in the movie Young Einstein. <laughs> I love starring, Einstein, starring Yahoo Serious. Yeah, Yahoo Serious. I was thinking about Yahoo Serious pretty recently. I wonder if he's yeah. Still, is that what you think about when you jerk off? Yeah, just where if he's still alive. Cafe no, wait, what's what's Yahoo Serious doing right now? Um. I don't know. It's probably something serious. <laughs> oh no, he he or, he he, the, he, uh, he retired because he started Yahoo. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing about Yahoo Serious. His last name's Serious, but he is anything but. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> that was a real runaround, buddy. He's he's actually really silly. He's a silly guy. Mm-hmm. He makes me laugh. <laughs> that's what he does. Uh, so. Cisco uh, says that they must think of the other 10,000 people in the sanctuary district as well, and they will not make it far before they're caught if they go with Biddle's plan. Mm. Webb supports Cisco, and they agree to campaign for the closure of sanctuary districts, jobs for the residents, and the reinstatement of the Federal Employment Act, which is something very specific mm-hmm. that, like, 
uh, Ira Stephen Bear, the other writer, I'm sure was like, yeah, we should actually say the Federal Employment Act. Yeah. That's, it'd be amazing if we had like real jobs programs in America yeah. and employment were guaranteed. Yes, absolutely. That would change everything. Mm-hmm. Like... And there's a lot to do in this country. Mm-hmm. Like we got a lot of, a lot of failing architecture that could right. use like an actual like you know organized effort. But but we have made jobs prohibitively expensive to get into by the schooling and training required for them. Yep. And even like and, tie, I mean, and we tied uh, medical insurance to it, right. which is another like intentional thing. Right. Like, we don't want everyone to have medical. Like insurance. you went to school to weld, right? Mm-hmm. And I imagine that costs quite a bit of money. Yeah. Yeah, like, and you know, it doesn't even get you like a super high-paying job. No, no, it's just another like blue-collar job. Mm-hmm. You had to go to school to get into what used to be an entry-level position. Yeah. What used to be, they were just like, go fucking build a ship, mm-hmm. like learn how to fucking. We'll, we'll teach you how to weld. Oh yeah, I, I do believe like we should have like an apprenticeship program, mm-hmm. like that where you know right out of school people are just like instantly like put into and just. Yeah. have that sort of like you know constant training of everyone <laughs> yeah yeah we should pay people to take on apprentices straight yeah, up absolutely yeah. so um cisco convinces michael webb to act as a representative for the district because he wears a suit and to speak to the outside world uh since he sees him as a reasonable person that can't be dismissed as easily as he or coleridge yeah, as uh, yeah, because like yeah, he put Biddle up there, and everyone's gonna be like, "Look at this fucking jerk!" Yeah, right. <laughs> look at this fucking moron, uh, fucking fedora guy. You look like you're a dumbass swing band. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. So, is they try to get their position across? Uh, their connection is broken by the police, as per department policy in these situations. Suddenly, Detective Preston, a police negotiator from the San Francisco Police Department, contacts them on a private channel. Mm-hmm. First, she asks to see the hostages. Biddle drags the processing lady, Lee, to the screen and threatens Preston, revealing the instability of the entire situation. Yeah. Preston. Yeah, Biddle's a moron. Yeah, Biddle is fucking this whole thing up. Uh, so Preston calmly asks to talk to Webb again. Uh, and, and so he gently pushes Coleridge and Cisco leads him away. She offers to meet them in person by the main gate of the sanctuary district. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they do. Cisco accompanies Webb to the meeting and states their demands. Preston agrees to relay them to the governor, Robert Chen, and also agrees to do her best to supply the residents with breakfast, baby. We gonna get a breakfast bar in here. <laughs> breakfast buffet. Yeah, I would be instantly suspicious of any sort of breakfast the um the police provide yeah <laughs> like just I, be have nothing but sleeping pills in it or something as we all know like foreign aid and like aid packages and stuff yeah usually come with a lot of strings in in lots of ways especially yeah and like this is hostage situation there's be like all right fucking roofie them and then just like <laughs> yeah or there's like a guy who's like yeah i'm with the i'm with the the muffin men and he's like obviously just a cop yeah you? i'm Get- the muffin man baby yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so bashir finds out that the processing lady lee is hypoglycemic and offers to help her find some treatment mm-hmm. she realizes that bell or cisco rather initially gave her a false name and bashir explains that bell had run into some trouble a while back lee reveals that uh she processed a woman with a warrant on her for abandoning a child because she could not take care of him and left him with a family that she worked for 
Lee felt sorry for the woman and did not log her into the system, which would have alerted police, instead letting her disappear into the sanctuary district. So Lee's got a heart of gold. Lee knows what's wrong here. Yeah. Lee's supervisor almost fired her when the incident was revealed. Uh, Lee does not know what happened to the woman, but she thinks about her all the time. Bashir explains that it's not her fault the way things are the way they are. Lee says that everyone says that and nothing ever changes. Which is like a really amazing, succinct breakdown of like neoliberal decline mm-hmm. and systemic decline. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, once again, like, even though this one's not written by Robert Hewitt Wolf, you definitely see that like Iris Stephen Bear, very similar politics. Yes. In <laughs> uh, the other writer. So, like, a lot of like the writers who write most of the DS9 episodes definitely share anti capitalist politics, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so later, while most of the hostages are sleeping, uh, Vin, the old gar, played by Dick Miller, yeah. uh, gets up and almost gets his hands on a weapon when Coleridge alerts everyone and holds a gun to him. However, Sisko intervenes by pointing a shotgun towards Coleridge and prepares to shoot him, determined not to let, let any hostages or guards die. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Like, yeah, because you know, it's, it's like, all right, I know one thing about Gabriel Bell, and he didn't let any of these people die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I gotta be like, this, I'm gonna do whatever. That's the I can. one thing he's so, got to do. Yeah. <laughs> so Coleridge sees that Cisco is serious and puts his gun down. Cisco takes Vin aside and threatens him uh, not to do anything stupid again, but he's not moving. Vin asks him to let the hostages go. Mm-hmm. Come on, Vin. We know we can't do that. Yeah. Cisco impatiently says that Vin and the others uh, who work at the sanctuary just do not get it, mm-hmm. even though they work here and see the injustices suffered by people every single day. He says it would be a start for Vin and the others to just acknowledge what's going on around them. Mm-hmm. Which is like, he's, uh, this is some capital A acting from yep. Avery Brooks. Like, he's he's killing it the entirety of both of these episodes. But, like, he's... Like, th- this is a great impassioned speech. He makes several very impassioned mm-hmm. speeches about, like, you know, just neoliberal systemic decline and people just, like, not recognizing it and ignoring mm-hmm. it. And it's yeah. pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, really pointing out, like, yeah, Dick Miller is an enforcer in this in this situation and just has that sort of, like, inability to empathize with his fellow man and mm-hmm. just work as, like work you know work in a system where he is also like a victim but not really truly aware of it <laughs> right right i mean he's he's you know he's a cop yeah he's a cop he's, petty, he's per- petty bourgeoisie yeah pe- yeah petty bourgeois like just protecting the actual like bourgeois class mm-hmm. um at expense of himself and his health yeah. obviously and he's putting mm-hmm. himself in dangerous situations that he doesn't need to be in mm-hmm. just in order to not become homeless yes he's barely he's not like he's on the same class as these people basically but he doesn't realize it mm-hmm. which is why we need to slash cop funding <laughs> make him more working class again yes absolutely uh, so meanwhile on another attempt to find cisco and the others kira and o'brien end up in the 1960s um by a flowered van and hey joe by Jimi hendrix playing two stoned hippies come out of the van and give flowers and a peace sign to 
a nonplussed Kira and O'Brien, <laughs> yeah. who awkwardly give the sign back to them. This, this is very funny to me. Yeah, yeah I, I love this scene. Yeah, it's 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 very silly. It's it's almost mm-hmm. like TNG in a way, and like mm-hmm. the camp it has in it. Um, yeah. Just <clears throat> then, they are transported back to the ship, and one of the hippies goes, "Wow." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did like that. Yeah, they just thought they were fucked up. Yeah, it was it was a very cute like 15 20 second scene. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was a great little comedy break and a, yeah. and a pretty serious episode. Yeah, the, the B and the C plot in this are also like very fun. Like mm-hmm. I I do like the Dax thing how it shows like the other side of the economic disparagement mm-hmm. uh, and also you know, we have Kira and O'Brien traveling through space like space time rather you know mm, yeah. and it's just like cute little moments mm-hmm. yeah and it could be really any two characters doing it but yeah i, I like that it's these two they're cute mm-hmm. uh so true to her promise preston has supplied breakfast to the residents mm-hmm. good for her danny comes inside to find his father and be with him uh danny is um Webb's son, Michael Webb's son. So yeah, Webb agrees recovered that, from his injuries. Yeah. Webb agrees that Danny can stay for a while, but says that Danny must go when he says so without any question. Meanwhile, Bashir has managed to find some glucogen uh, in what was left of the clinic and provides treatment for Lee. Bashir also tells the guard, Calavera, uh, the other guard, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, um, who's worried about his family, that something good will eventually come of all of this. Yeah, don't 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 talk too much, Bashir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. You don't yeah. know exactly what happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it that that. But I would like to be told that. You know, I would. Yeah. I would love to hear that, especially from a doctor. From a doctor, but oh. I, yeah, I would love to hear. Well, just like have the not have kind of like a a, a a guarantee that eventually, like we like America. Or in the world will turn around and have like a much more equitable society, like like, like the Federation. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like that's what Obama campaigned on, and that didn't work at all. Yeah, well, he definitely didn't believe that. No, <laughs> no, I, I feel like maybe at some point he did, but it's one of those guys who like saw the reality of things, and his brain couldn't handle it with <laughs> his like prior commitments and ideals, mm. and like, and so he's like, oh, well, that's not the way the uh, the the world is. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we gotta we gotta bomb weddings, uh, so uh, to protect the uh, national interests. Uh. Now, time to release my favorite songs from each year. Now, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, also Netflix series don't and Netflix go. series. Yeah, we paid him like a hundred million dollars or some wild shit. Like Jesus that. Christ. So later, Preston returns uh, with the governor's response. He says he'll reduce the charges against Bell and Webb to incitement of riot if they release the hostages. Which I mean. Can prison really be any worse than a sanctuary district? Like, where are they going to put him? Like, <laughs> they could just put him back in the sanctuary district as yeah, punishment. Yeah, this is already an open air prison. Right, exactly. It's like, are there any prisons? Do you need any prisons in Palestine? It's yeah, like, yeah. Because you're, they're already there. Yeah, they're, if anything, yeah, it's like they'll probably just go to a um, black site torture place. <laughs> you know, it's just like that's that's. That's the two. That's the two possibilities. Yeah, just stay in the sanctuary city. They are the already open air prison, or mm-hmm. be tortured. <laughs> Great options. Yeah, my favorite options. Mm-hmm. So Cisco and Webb ask whether the sanctuary will be closed and jobs offered, and Preston says that the governor intends to form a committee to look into the matter, 
and the change takes time. And they both reject this offer because they're smart. Mm-hmm. Because as we know in America, like committee is the death of progress. Yeah. Like once they're like, oh, we'll study it and put it on a committee instead of, oh, we'll put it to a vote. Mm-hmm. It just dies in committee every time or, you know, they get some kind of arbiter to say, no, this isn't feasible. And then they just accept that one answer from one person because it's convenient to their political oh, yeah. needs. Oh, yeah. They, they, we, we have, all of our systems are in place to uh, destroy any sort of progressive <laughs> like uh, change. Well, all, all systems of power in the end, their ultimate goal is to reinforce themselves. Mm -hmm. And so things will ultimately never change as long as those systems of power and the people who control them stay in power and believe in them. Yeah. And we believe in them. Yeah, just like how you know power. how we got. You know, we think that we had to choose between hundred um, percent Hitler and ninety nine percent Hitler. Mm-hmm. When the system is what makes them act this way, it doesn't matter who who we elect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just going to be the same fucking thing. Super. So, um, Dax manages back with Dax uh, and Chris Brenner. Uh, Chris ma- Brenner. She manages to find her way into the sanctuary district through some underground pipes through the sanitation department. I guess not back with Dax because she just shows up now Yeah. in the sanctuary district. Uh, soon, some dims alert her presence to those at the processing center, and in the process, her comm badge is stolen by one of them named Grady. Who is played by Clint Howard. Clint motherfucking Howard. Which, uh, uh, you know, continuing his, like... Um you know his his, uh, his appearance in like all T and and all Star Trek properties basically. basically yeah he's in TOS he's in Voyager he's in TNG isn't he is he someone mm, in TNG maybe um, but he's yeah he's he's all over the fucking place um, yeah uh, and we love to see him we don't love to hear about his politics because he has shit politics mm. fucking Clint Howard's an idiot <laughs> he was great as the ice cream man though yeah great uh, as ice cream man yeah. mm-hmm. so meanwhile. Uh, Cisco and Bashir try to get past the lockout of the net without luck. In the past, a way was somehow found to get past the lockout, and many people were able to tell their stories to the world. Bell must have found a way, so now they must do the same. So Courage then brings Dax inside, and she is reuni- reunited with Cisco and Bashir. And I, I thought this one, uh, this is just for you, Patrick, and anyone else who has watched Silo. Mm. This, I think, is very similar to the thing in Silo. Mm. And I think Silo might have taken a bit from this, you know, trying to get the chip into the computer and upload it to mm. the entire thing to show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, I did like that part of, yeah, Silo. Yeah, that, that was a great episode. Mm-hmm. And then, like, yeah, evading the cops for, like, the whole episode and shit. Yeah. And then pouring trash down the chute. That was so <laughs> fucked up. That was really good. Yeah, right. So, um, uh, Coleridge then brings Dax inside and she's reunited with Cisco and Bashir. They're mm-hmm. happy to see her. Uh, Cisco and Bashir explain that they cannot leave uh, back to the ship yet because history must be allowed to run its course. Mm-hmm. He initially orders Bashir and Dax to head to a beam-out location using Dax's comm badge. However, Dax says she can get help to circumvent the lockout mm. of the net. So Dax successfully recovers her comm badge from Grady with Bashir's help. It's a whatever scene, honestly. Yeah. Just, he just, like, convinces Clint Howard to give it to her. Yeah, Clint, they just, like, Clint Howard's clearly, like, not there. So they just, like like, use his own dilute, like work with his delusions and 
get you, him to hand it back voluntarily. It's like that Guns N' Roses album, Use Your Delusion. Yeah, Use Your Delusion. Oh, that's, that inspired this. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I guess this came after that. You're right. Yeah. Um, so Dax returns to Chris Brenner for his help. He initially has doubts about helping the residents of the uh, the sanctuary district as he was he would lose his interface operating license for turning the channel over to criminals. Yeah, this is like this is he's like a equivalent of like Mark Zuckerberg or yeah. And or so, some, or so this is the least believable part of the episode because he's yeah. like, but at least I'd be doing it for a good cause, and I'm like, no. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't buy that Oops. shit for a second. No, he works within the system. Like, I know Dax pussy fucking good. <laughs> yeah. But does it have that kind of gorilla grip? Hey, it, it can't be that ishy squishy. It, like, well, this dude, like Dax, has what three hundred years That's experience. True. And this she guy, pro- this pro- guy was probably a virgin before her. Yeah. So. Well, a virgin in his and his and her and uh and and comparatively to her. Oh, absolutely. Like, he's he's just like a baby. Mm-hmm. He's just like he's he's new, like she probably she probably ushered in a new new dawn to him. Mm-hmm. That's what we need. That's that's going to affect change because yeah, I mean yeah, if we were to go to an Elon Musk or a or a Mark Zuckerberg type mm-hmm. character and be like, this is for the good of humanity, they'd be like, I'm calling the cops. Yeah, <laughs> because and that's one thing you know. I mean, that's one thing about Star Trek is like you know I think we talked about this last episode, just like whether or not like a bell riot would actually be ha- you know be effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, to affect like um uh, you know to awaken class consciousness mm-hmm. and um you know cause in fact we have like you know bell riots every day but it's just like yeah and this is also you know star trek is very ideal in that kind of sense where right. it's like where yeah like you just have to have like the best argument to and then an appeal to people's hearts and appeal to people's hearts and minds who could affect that sort of change. It's like the West Wing, but at least it's not in the container of American politics where it's completely unbelievable. Yeah. That someone wins with a good argument and like by lawyering their way through something. Mm-hmm. Like that just doesn't happen in real life. No. No. But, but you know, we but we hope for it. You know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe, you know, you know, some some uh yeah, yeah, I'm not, I don't see them going to Elon Musk and convincing him of the people's hearts and minds or no, having no. any sort of humanity. No, no, they'll convince him of like a genocide project, though. Yeah. <laughs> so Dax responds that Brenner uh, would be giving the residents a voice and that people have a right to know about their situation. Uh, and when the government storms in, the sanctuary residents will die, and those deaths should not be for nothing. Brenner agrees to help restore the processing center's computer link because, although he will lose his license, he will get great ratings. Which is, that's the only believable part of this, is that he does it for like, oh, but it's going to make me fucking money. Yeah. Which is, which yeah, is okay. uh, yeah. almost believable. Yeah. Uh, so, once this is done, the residents are given the chance to tell their stories to millions around the planet through the network starting with a guy who was laid off from a brewery in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Anchor Brewing, obviously. Yeah. They're fucking anti-union. Fuck them. Yeah, they are. <laughs> uh, so, unfortunately, despite pleas from Preston, the governor is unmoved by the Sanctuary District residents' plight and orders to send in troops at 0500 hours. 500. SWAT teams. Yeah. So, uh, they're getting swatted, dog. Yeah, they're getting swatted. They're getting swatted. Uh, Kira and O'Brien return to the Defiant from the year 2048. They realize that the team arrived before then, and it was drastically different to the 2048 of unaltered time. Mm-hmm. 
Using this information, they narrow the possibility down to three dates, but have only enough chroniton particles to make one more attempt. Which, I mean, this is kind of, I don't know, I don't know if we need like these false stakes or if it really like up yeah. the ante too much for me. I didn't really care. I was like, well, yeah. they're obviously going to get to the right place. Yeah, I know. And, and this time is so weird. Like, it, they could have like, it's, it's, it's funny, they go right at the exact time they need them to be there. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, five days before right right <laughs> something like that you know that's something they don't really i mean they um they don't take into account is this like you know could like time wise could after they were there could have like you know uh cisco bashir and dax like appeared like an hour later mm-hmm. <laughs> you know t- even though they left you know you know uh technically like a day before or whatever but who knows? right yeah yeah, it's convenient writing. Convenient it's writing, plot, but plot you know armor. what? It's good. But yeah, that's but it's not important. That's the point. True, true. It's not important. So O'Brien makes a guess, uh, just a wild guess. He's on a hunch, mm-hmm. and then materialize in the correct time at the corner of Polk Street and California Street. Mm-hmm. I think it would have made more sense to do something more iconic like Hayden Ashbury, but that's just me. I've never been to San, Fr- San Francisco. Oh yeah. Yep. Well, where do you suck all your dicks then? <laughs> Right here in Seattle. Right here in Seattle. Mm. Old Seattle way. (laughs) (laughs) They call the Seattle freeze because everyone's dick is cold. (laughs) Until it's in my mouth. Yeah, I go to, what's it called? What's that one street? Uh, Pike. No, not Pike. Over where the bridge is. The bridge, the Montlake Bridge. No. I don't know, man. Ah, forget about it. Yeah, I will. Uh, so, <laughs> so O'Brien and Kira realize that they hit the correct time period, and O'Brien detects a residual electrostatic charge, and Kira contacts Dax on her comm patch. They make arrangements to rendezvous and deactivate their comm badges so the Defiant will not recover them until the next day. Very mm-hmm. wise. Very wise. Or they should, I don't know. Yeah, that's probably wise. So in the meantime, the hostages are calmer and talking sports when Coleridge reports movement outside, which just goes to show, like, the sports will continue to be, like, mm-hmm. around no matter how bad society gets. <laughs> oh, is that the, the talk where he's like, did you play football? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, yeah, he's like, no, baseball, baseball. actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Cisco and Webb try to keep the hostages safe as SWAT teams move in and without regard to their lives at all. Uh, Webb... Michael Webb sends away Danny, and Coleridge gives Danny his hat. It's kind of a cute moment. Yeah, kind I definitely sweet. like this because it definitely gives Biddle some humanity. Yeah, it shows a little redemption. It's a little yeah. redemption arc kind of, and he, he kind of redeems himself here. Yeah, right? he's yeah he you know not you know he had goodish intentions. Like mm-hmm. he was he's, he's an idiot. He's <laughs> like, a ghost. He's, he's a, ghost. a ghost. He's a ghost. But mm-hmm. you know he's he's a friendly know, ghost though. He's like a, Casper. <laughs> he's a Casper. Yeah, I, I like this moment. It was cute. Mm-hmm. So uh, soon the SWAT teams come, barge in and open fire, 0500. Coleridge and Wibb are killed along with a number of others, but Cisco takes a bullet protecting Vin, who is trying to stop the shooting. Mm-hmm. Like, no, stop it. Yeah. Uh, the lead SWAT team member calls the area secure. Uh, Vin excoriates them, saying that they were all reckless. The SWAT team gives Vin and Calvera weapons while they go to secure other areas, which is like... How do you know they're guards? They could just be wearing guard uniforms. Yeah, yeah. One of the most un, yeah, what kind of unbelievable thing is they just don't arrest Gabriel Bell. Right. <laughs> they don't t- immediately take him and Bashir mm-hmm. 
um, into custody because mm-hmm. like yeah, they just like kind of just like weapon walk out on there. Like all the shit. gangsters have hats. Yeah, and then yeah. Danny gets shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, my boy. <laughs> yeah, like no. <laughs> He's just riddled with bullets. Although I guess Webb is already dead at this point. Yeah, Webb's so already. Yeah, Webb's yeah. already dead. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's like father, like son. Yeah, it's very yeah, it's sad to see him go. And mm-hmm. but yeah, and it's good that you know Cisco lived because you know he's expecting like he had to die. You know, the, mm-hmm. he, like I think that shows like a lot of his just like you know, just like his dedication to the like the Federation is that he had pretty much had knowledge that he was going to come out of the situation mm-hmm. you know he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna walk away from this true, true. and he would and but he knew it was necessary and mm-hmm. he went along headed with it anyway because out of sense of duty which is which is great his name was michael webb his name was michael webb <laughs> but yeah no I, I definitely like like this is a good episode but i no. did I, but yeah just like them not you know taking cisco into custody or anything it was essentially kind of silly yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, like, the guards, like, took him and Bashir into custody immediately when they found him without ID. Yeah. But, like, these guys who are going around killing, like, people in mm-hmm. the Sanctuary District aren't going to immediately arrest these two people who are obviously, like, from the Sanctuary District. <laughs> yeah. And we're part of part of the hostage right, situation. Right, exactly. Like, just, do they know, oh, this these ones are nice. Yeah, don't they worry. Don't these guys guns. are fine. Let yeah. them go on their own. But also, again, that also speaks to, like, just how, like, you know, the fact that they already knew this was a prison. Like yeah. this is they're they're already in prison. Right. Like they're where else are they gonna put them besides like a torture, uh, like a to- black, torture black site or something? No, <laughs> oh, that's that's it. A torture black site. Yeah. 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 Like you know, like solitary confinement. Like some of the truest, most heinous torture. Yeah. Or just straight up execute them where they were. You know, he's got a gun. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Like I'm 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 surprised they didn't do that. Yeah. Is honestly what it is because like modern cops would have done that. Like anyone Absolutely. not wearing a guard uniform, they would have murked. Yes, they would have. They, I mean, yeah, like which fucking, is, it was just sort of like you know. I mean, you know, this is also made for television, but it is sort of like also just like the idealism of Star Trek in a mm-hmm. way, where it's just like because like our reality is wor- way worse. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like because yeah, we know the nature of police and how they would handle the situation, and no one would be walking away alive. They'd no. probably even kill the hostages. Fucking like people now get swatted all the time, and like people get killed innocent people are getting killed by Babies. SWAT teams for doing absolutely nothing other than like you know getting accosted online is fucking and fucked there's up. no and there and the, and the reason why swatting continues is because it's totally legal yeah like, there, they, there's they can, no systems that we're trying to make or use or regulations to prevent this they, they can they can swat a place and get away and uh, swat a completely wrong place or an innocent person and there's no recourse for it right like Maybe they fucking, pay, oh, no no there's paid leave they paid leave yeah there's paid leave buddy yeah like they'll but they'll put a fucking stun grenade in a fucking um in a fucking crib with a baby in it mm-hmm. and then like and nothing will happen right. you know they'll execute they'll execute innocent people like we saw with like you know uh like uh just like um you know shoot people through wit through through uh through walls and kill them and no no sort of recourse or anything so yeah i mean no. what like uh we know like if yeah these cops were to storm a hostage situation no one would be walking away alive oh no yeah no, they'd probably kill some of the hostages they'd probably kill some of the hostages they the hostages would be like you know be collateral damage mm-hmm. and they would they would have definitely like air hold you know cisco and bashir mm-hmm. no no doubt hell yeah so bashir examines cisco and his gunshot wound and fortunately it's non-fatal he's gonna live yeah cisco pulls vin in and berates him for not staying low but vin understands finally trusting 
Cisco's motives. Yes. He didn't he didn't doubt him. Or he mm-hmm. did doubt him like William Shatner did in the captains. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think that's probably like what Gabriel Bell like really accomplishes, you know, most of all is like like cuz like yeah, he he was able to convince Vin, mm-hmm. you know, you know someone who works within the system and just like um and Vin was like walked away being like, you know, I'll tell everyone that happens here mm-hmm. and which was probably like started like gabriel bell's like um legend mm-hmm. uh, in a way yeah so yeah, yeah. do you so, think a cop started the legend of gabriel bell well i'm sure well i think he was probably you know one of the people because he was right. like because he was he was working the closest with um cisco mm-hmm. and so he's just like he saw firsthand of the of of how like the um um the response to gabriel bell and like the, the violence inherent in the system and mm-hmm. And it it um it, it woke something up in him, and he was able to. And he probably and he's just like you know I'll tell people what happened here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Vin and Calavera, the other guard, lead a group outside and are shocked by the bodies lying on the street. Vin asks how they could let this happen. Great question. <laughs> yeah, great question. Uh, as the National Guard takes control of the situation, uh, Grateful Vin allows Cisco and Bashir to escape by switching their ID cards with two of the dead. Mm. Which I don't know how it's going to let them escape unless they're like two dead guards. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think it was. Uh, so it appears as before that Gabriel Bell died while trying to save hostages. Mm-hmm. As he leaves, Cisco asks Vin to tell everyone the truth about the incident. And Vin responds that he had planned to do that anyway. Yeah. Very, very sweet. Yep. So next we get a first officer's log from Kira. First officer's log supplemental upon returning to the present with our missing crew members. We were revealed to discover the timeline had been restored. Mm-hmm. So Cisco, Dax, and Bashir are returned to the 24th century with history now having followed its correct course. As Cisco recovers from his gunshot wound, I like how he's recovering. Like it's clear, like the, the they bed, could just fix that, right? The, the the beds on the Defiant are probably not big enough for um, Avery Brooks, right? <laughs> so right. He's, so he's sitting in a very bizarre way where he's mm-hmm. like splayed out. Yeah. He's, because like he's because he's supposed to be using one of those little like kind of like navy style beds that, right, are on, right. that, that the defiant has and yeah probably can't fit in that. <laughs> Good for like fetal position and not much else. Yeah, I've slept in one and of those. Fucking a sailor. I've slept in one of those. They are like a coffin. It's no. pretty bad. A coffin you fuck a sailor in. <laughs> That's a coffin I want to be buried in. Buried I'm not in even a sure sailor coffin. I don't even think it could do that. They're they're you're, it's basically is like I could fuck a sailor anywhere, buddy. <laughs> If you could, more power to you. <laughs> if you can make it work. <laughs> um, so as Cisco recovers from his gunshot wound and his quarters on the Defiant, Bashir visits and shows him one unexpected consequence of their visit to the past. The Federation historical records now show Cisco's portrait in an entry regarding Gabriel Bell. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's that's some real. They all look the same energy right there, <laughs> and, de- and comes up in a later episode. Yeah, it with, does with the uh, mm-hmm. with the time cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I really like. And I just thought it would be funny if, like, you know, like um, 
Jake's learning about this subject in school and he just sees his dad. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> dad, not again, dad. Did you, did you rectify the timeline again? Yeah. Dad. But also this ends though with like, I mean like that, that kind of ends with like, you know, Cisco's being like, well, I got to explain this to Starfleet, you know? Right. And, but then like, but then, so then later when like, um, when the time cops come and excoriate him for it, it's mm-hmm. just like, well, it's like, he already talked about this with Starfleets, presumably. Yeah. You'd hope. <laughs> so well, like, maybe maybe you wouldn't hope. I mean, maybe do, you, do, didn't. You, do you really need to talk about this with Starfleet? Like because of like the temporal cops and shit that uh, come yeah. around, I, mm-hmm. I'd be hesitant to ever talk about time travel with Starfleet. Yeah. Although like they did ask Starfleet for like permission to travel back in the past yeah. for some stuff. So they probably and, already and now know Gabriel Bell looks just like the uh, commander from Deep Space Nine. Right. <laughs> my boss would chew me out for that. Yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah. Like my boss would be like Excuse me, did you lead a riot 300 <laughs> years ago without telling me? Uh, I was going to talk about that in the e- I sent an email. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's in my drafts. I'm so sorry. Oh my god, I thought I sent that. Oh, oh you see, see it's in the drafts. It's in the drafts. I was uh-huh. going to send it. <laughs> right, right. Oopsie. Oopsie doodle. Oopsie doodle. That's what we call a silly Billy gumdrops. Yeah. Yeah, real silly Billy. Silly Gabriel Bell gumdrops. <laughs> yeah. Silly belly gumdrops. Yep. Yeah. Um, so Julian asked Cisco from having seen the 21st century uh, how the people of that time could have let things get so bad. Cisco tells him, that's a good question. I wish I had an answer. End yeah. of episode. That's yeah. that's a powerful end of the episode, I think. And, and that's also great because it's like, you know, this episode, as you said, you know, came out in 1995 mm-hmm. and... We are literally in that situation now. With Thanks, <laughs> Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh, we are. We are literally living this like now. Mm-hmm. It's not it. You're not. We don't have like the. You know. It's like you know. We have those tent cities. We have everything. Like we don't have the walls separate. Like, you know, we have the. You know. We have allegorical. I mean, we walls. do. We do in a lot of cases. I don't yeah. know. There's like a um, a small houses thing down kind of near uh, South Lake Union. Yeah. And that has a fence with barbed wire up around yeah. it. Yeah. And, like, they have curfews and stuff, and you can't go in and out after mm-hmm. a certain time. So, like, once again, this is kind of like a minimum security prison. Like, yeah. people are free to, like, kind of come and go for things they need to do, but they have to be back, like, at certain times at night or mm-hmm. else they're not allowed back in. And this is this is our response to solving the issue of homelessness and and um and um economic disparity and 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 divide is like no okay we'll just because like we're so addicted to punishment Mm -hmm. (laughs) just like instead yeah create a a minimal security prison downtown rather than you know the all the you know empty apartments that we have in Mm -hmm. seattle not not yeah buy a fucking couple of hotels and like like them transcendental housing like what the fuck give people their own place nope and yeah, I mean, downtown Seattle's very, you know, lots of anti-homeless t- architecture. Mm-hmm. Like you can't hardly can find any benches in a lot of places. Nope. Yeah, it's 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 very yeah, we there is that sort that that sort that divide that's very clear. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, we are literally living we are on the precipice of the bell rights. I mean, part of me hopes so, part of me doesn't. I mean, yeah, it's not Just going to be it, good yeah. for a lot of people. Right, right. Because, you know, political instability, like, as much as it seems desirable to cause political change, all political instability is 
for a while like very hard on a lot of people yeah it creates big stresses on supply lines and supply chains and like not just in like a consumerist way to where oopsie we can't get our thing from amazon in a couple days Mm -hmm. it's more like you're gonna have trouble finding food yeah and that's a big fucking problem Mm -hmm. yep and and that's what they basically say is like you know this basically starts like that sort of change that kind of just where humanity kind of enters almost a dark another dark ages right and um and they do so for you know what a hundred so years or so basically until after world war three yeah and then um until like you know first contact and it's just like you know that's that's only 50 years yeah but like yeah there's like but there but they mentioned that there's lots of human suffering Mm -hmm. lots of people die you know they mentioned like this in and pretty much a lot of the star treks is Mm -hmm. just like you know just like that period of of war and um you know famine just like just just human suffering, you know, eventually leads to like a better tomorrow. But but it yeah. takes it takes a long time. <laughs> yeah, change change is always progressive. And like yep. as much as like I'd love an immediate revolution to happen that would fix everything, I know that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, our last like chance for, I think our true last chance for a progressive revolution was probably like the Bernie moment. Yeah, to where things could have the Overton window could have been progressively pushed left word and left word because people would see material gains on their lives mm-hmm. from this political system yeah uh but you know the democratic party made sure that could never happen yep and that's so. yeah, i mean as a way of how things stand now like we won't see any of this like something like this or like change mm-hmm. in our lifetime i think no. unfortunately like just <laughs> just you know we you know we our elections are basically useless in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways like we have no like any sort of like presidential elections are 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 just like it's just like kabuki theater Mm -hmm. like it's it's all just just like changing faces of like of our of our devour everything empire (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and everything's just going to get progressively worse until it does have to reach a a a bell riots type moment yeah i mean everything uh everything gets worse until it gets better yep and all we can do is, you know, try to work well within our own communities. Yeah. We can't, you know, obviously, like we're showing, like we can't affect our le- world leaders on a on a global scale to mm-hmm. do the right thing. Right. <laughs> and we we could barely affect our world leaders to do the right thing locally and domestically. No, so we can't. No, it's impossible. No. I mean, so. have you seen like our mayor Bruce Harrell? Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah, I know. No, it's, it's wrong. They just recriminalize drugs. Yep. Because why not? Why not? We got to throw more. We we don't have enough people in prison. You got to just you got to justify the police budgets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's really where we stand. Is just like you know, you know, all we 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 have a system of punishments and mm. and um every indiv- every ev- all all problems in our society are individual. Mm-hmm. They're not systemic. It's 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 people making personal choices to go to go to jail and be right. poor and, no, and need to be destitute and that's 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 the that's the perspective that our that we that we push on this on a societal level and and push into people's brains and brainwash them into thinking so yeah and i mean i i think that's like the real foundation of neoliberalism is the idea that if you have a bad life it is because of a moral failing yep and if you and you see that with how everyone talks online and mm-hmm. just the way people you know, you talk to people, you try to have a conversation 
you know, with people about, the, about you know, systemic issues and it always becomes down to, oh, well, it's because they chose, the, that that person chose wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I'm like, like, oh, you can choose to be born into privilege. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting <laughs> way to look at things. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just like, uh, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to have like a, like a hinge point type moment that everyone's, everyone uh, comes together and mm-hmm. chooses to do the right thing. What do you think was the last great hinge point in American history? Jesus Christ. I think what we're living in, I mean, the last one I think was definitely 9-11, one of the greater ones. <laughs> like, I'd say COVID, but no. Yeah, COVID, COVID definitely. Like, I think like, I mean, it's like, it's like compounding where it's like, you know, Reagan and the rise of ne- neoliberalism and like, and then, um, 911 mm-hmm. <laughs> basically and it's just been it's just been and that, that's all the rise of neoconservatism yeah neoconservatism and then you know like with trump you see a rise of like a, a, I, I think an even truer brand of conservatism yeah that's like not so neo anymore in that yeah. uh although now it's it's pretty much as bad as reagan <laughs> yeah yeah i mean fascism is on the rise unfortunately yeah. i mean i just like while we were here recording i looked at my phone and saw the yeah we're having just another Nazi rally just out in the open in places. It's just like super, super duper. Yeah. Super. It's just like, it's, it's you know just what like we should do is go to that Nazi rally. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, we're so disconnected from everyone by design mm-hmm. that, you know, we can't, we can't see the empathy. We can't see the humanity in others. And it's, it's instead it's like, yeah, like, you know, we're all like grabbing on to whatever we can and trying to gatekeep other people from getting good things. And mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, and now then there will have to be like a mass moment of class consciousness of togetherness, just something to make us all realize that we're all on the same steaming, you know, pile of shit pile of shit we're just yeah. we're all we're all suffering the same way and the only way to get out is to to collectively come together and choose to do the right thing dude do the right thing for the majority of people do the right thing for the majority of the people and and everyone act in that in that sort of way you know and it takes sacrifice it takes like sort of like you know just like recognizing that and that our end of our individual needs are, are are accomplished through the collective and not not just the other way not like individualism is the end all like i mm-hmm. need to be be i am alone in this world and i need to cut everyone else off right. <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of a kind of a big bummer not a big um, bummer yeah i don't i'm i'm not like nihilistic or black pilled or anything but yeah at the moment, I don't see a way through, and I don't see any incoming catalysts for anything quite so drastic yeah. or moving mm-hmm. or world-changing yeah. as any of this, at least not in America. I, yeah, I, 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 have a, I have a lot of hope, and you know, I do feel like Star Trek is one of those things that acts as a blueprint for how humanity should be. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just like a change of perspective because I mean, like if you look at it, capitalism isn't that old, right? <laughs> like you know, you know, it's just like in the in the world of things, it's just like you know, just how you know our our we live in a very propagandized country. Right. I mean, capitalism is not old, but systems of exploitation, just, yeah, and yes. and extreme economic inequalities mm-hmm. are as old as is agriculture. Yep, 
and yeah. and it's like something that is that is learned and practiced. It's mm-hmm. it's nothing that's inherent to humanity that I it, it can like change for the better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 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 Well, I think that's probably a great place for us to leave it. I think so. Yeah. Um, thanks for hanging with us, Soyagers. Uh, be well, travel safe. And yeah. I would definitely recommend Past Tense Part 1 and 2. Absolutely. Uh, together, I mean, probably a 10 out of 10 episode of Star Trek. Yeah. Like, it just, it works on every level. The, the you know, the, the C plot is a little bit silly, mm-hmm. but it's some welcome comic relief. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good way to put it. Good, uh, good place to end it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for trekking with the soy boys, girls on the Willy beans. Hang, Hang dong and, and shocker. Soy 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 Chipmunk, I am a robot. Chipmunk and 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 robot.